0: So you're probably all familiar with the, the Gallup polling organization. They are always out there sampling the, uh, the the American public, and so when they do their studies on on religious affiliation, here are the categories that that they use when they when they ask people about what their religious preferences are. So, what would you? Th- guess would be the percentage of Americans who identify themselves as Protestant. What do you think? 2%? 80? 40? We are all over the board. So who, who said 40 over there? Who's, Ann McFall, way to nail it. 41%. Okay. There's this other category, Christian non-specific. I'm not sure what, exactly what that means, but um, 10, an additional 10% of folks identify themselves as Christians but aren't specific about the, the flavor of Christianity. How about, how about Catholic? What percentage of people in the United States would identify as, as Catholic? 25%? Any other guesses? 80%! 80%! It is 23 23%. There are an additional 8% that express uh, other religious preferences. And 14% have no religious preference. Which of these groups in recent years do you think has been the fastest growing group? No religious preference. They've come to be known as the nuns. N-O-N-E-S, the nuns. In, in some subsets of the population, young adults, for example, uh, closing in on a third self-identify as no religious preference. So, um, still, what, what Gallup finds, if, if, if you add those numbers up, what it means is, nearly 75% of the U.S. population in, in some way feels a connection with the Christian faith. And yet, what, what percentage do you think of, of us would say that we are regularly involved in a faith community? Of that 75% that has some connection with Christianity, what would be the percentage that is involved in the, the life of a faith community. Forty yeah, percent is the number that self-reports going, although Gallup Poll and a lot of other research organizations say it's actually more like 25%. We tend to over-report our participation, but but 40% participate. And so when we're trying to figure out, there's this there's this dichotomy, this disconnect between uh, what, we, what we say we prefer and, and what we actually do. And so I wanted to take us to take a look at this DVD. It's sort of a person on the street interview. It, it took place on a Sunday morning, and the interviewers were asking the people, so, so how come you're not in, in church this morning? And, and here's what they said.
1: We do try to go to church. Um, it's It's been something that it's it's sort of... Um, soccer has sort of come to dominate uh, a lot of our free time, but there's so many good benefits that as a family we get out of it and that the children get out of it that we've sort of allowed that to happen.
0: Being forced they to go. They had to
1: be so quiet. Getting up early.
0: It's been quite a
2: while.
0: I, I lost
2: my wife about five years ago, and so I don't do much. I just I'm retired. And, so you you used to go? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What would you say are some of the main reasons you stopped going? Just didn't bother to go. Don't have
1: any good reasons. A lot of them today just they're they're so stiff and formal in their in their delivery and 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 the structure of their sermons that uh, y- you know the cliche of putting everybody to sleep i
2: think is literally true
1: i don't know that it was so much that term i don't know maybe it was just that i was that's the way i was raised that i was raised to go every sunday i was raised catholic i did the whole communion confirmation the whole nine yards and um i don't know i guess i just decided that um i could cut and kind of worship outside too and i guess that's the way it is because I am pretty spiritual, but I think I just kind of take it on a different level. Well, I think, I think there's a lot of things. I think as, as it takes two incomes now to support a family. Uh, the weekends become uh, a time when errands get done, laundry gets done, houses get cleaned. Um, it becomes your only family time, the only morning you don't have to be somewhere. Um, That's not relevant to my family, because I'm not working, but I think that's true of an awful lot of families. Um, That it's it's your morning to sit down and have breakfast together. You know, and so it's kind of hard to say, okay, everybody get up, get motivated, get dressed, you know, like every other day. We've got to get out and go somewhere. So I think maybe more flexible services maybe would help, but I know a lot of churches have probably tried that. Maybe it hasn't worked.
2: I was used to the passive, uh, where you were preached to, you responded in a minimal fashion, and then you closed the door, you went home, and nothing was ever said after. Possibly make, uh, give them an opportunity to uh,
0: participate some more, make it easier for them to uh, overcome their fear of participation. Sometimes church can be a, a one-way discussion, uh, You know, especially in, in a church that I went to, even though I knew most of the people, it was so big that there wasn't room for the people there to, to talk back and uh, so I guess too often it's just you know the, uh, the minister or you know the rabbi or, or whatever church you go to it's them talking to you and not you talking to them.
1: I know what it is for me. Right. I want the little church where everyone is a family and everyone cares about each other and everyone is sitting there learning about the word without worrying about everything else. There's there's too much greed in the church going on right now, in my opinion, and too much. I want to be the, this. I want us to be the best church around, as opposed to learning about the Lord and growing from it.
2: Have you ever experienced a little church like that?
1: I was raised in a little church like that.
2: What do you suppose has happened in modern times that have made that kind of church rare?
1: I wish I knew. I truly do wish I knew. I haven't found one yet that that uh, since since the little church I grew up in that was like that again. Everyone seems to just want to be bigger and better than the, other, than the other church. And I don't think that's what church is about. It should be a place for fellowship.
0: So I think that's uh, a part of, of the reason why. For, for reasons like we just heard in those, from those people on the street, that's part of the reason why. The, the, the service this service, the garden at church of the palms was was established because we very much want to uh, offer an alternative to perhaps what some of those folks had in mind um, when they think of church in, in fact, a, a number of years ago, the leadership team here in the garden um, worked to put some words around what what our Purpose is? Why do we exist within the orbit of the ministries at, at Church of the Palms? And, and here is here is a part of what we said. The, the, the Garden exists to engage those who desire to deepen their relationship with God, especially, especially those seeking a relationship again or for the first time. That's an important part of what we believe we are about here in the garden. We want to connect with people in our community who don't have a family of faith in which they are involved. That's a part of why we exist. And that connects directly with something that Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, you may be aware, is is contained in the Gospel of Matthew chapters 5 through 7 and in Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16, the the master speaks these words. He says to the people who were listening to him preach, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And so what I would like for us to consider together today is how can we do more to let the light of Christ that is in us shine out so that people in our community feel uh, invited in to a a relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Now, many of you may be aware that there is already a lot of light shining through the ministries of of Church of the Palms. I mean, every Sunday morning, we've got three different services going on, two traditional services over in the sanctuary and our modern service right here in the garden. There are for all ages all generations are opportunities for learning and for fellowship and as a congregation we have a a huge heart for serving those in need in our community we serve every day from our food pantry and on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the tutoring ministry and this is an an image from uh, praying during the day of hope with a a family from uh, our community in need helping the children to get ready for school and there are so many other ways that the light of Christ shines out from what we are about here at Church of the Palms and yet in any given week the majority of people in our community aren't here they aren't at any church anywhere In Sarasota they don't have the opportunity to see the light and so the the question for us is what more can we do what else can we do what different approach can we take to shine the light of Christ more effectively out into the community this is an issue that we have been asking ourselves and, and struggling with here in the garden and in the larger church as well. I mean, we are a, a sizable congregation. We have lots of different ministries, lots of different activities. We are located right in a, in, in a prominent position on a, on a major street, and, and yet... To the majority of our community, we're invisible. It's like we don't even exist. And and it would give us such joy to be able to let the light of Christ that we have received, to be able to share that with others. And so how how can we do that more effectively? And as we think about that, I think back to the the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus was sitting there on that hillside in Galilee, and and I think about who he was speaking with, who he identified as the light of the world. He was speaking to all those people who had gathered around to hear his teaching on the hillside. He didn't address his comments only to the twelve disciples he had called to be with him in a particularly close way. It was the the crowds to whom he was speaking at that moment. And he said to them, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so I think what that means for us is that Pastor Joe, he can be for us a primary interpreter of of God's Word. I can do my part in helping to keep us organized and and moving toward accomplishing ministry and mission in Jesus' name. Megan can inspire us and lead us into God's presence through music In worship. And and Lori can help us to focus on ministering with our, our children and youth and families. And yet, Jesus said to all the people who had gathered there, you are the light of the world. He says that to each one of us here today. You are the light of the world let your light shine so that people may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven you are the light of the world now i'm not trying to pass the buck or make excuses i'm just trying to be realistic about what church staff is able to do and about what we are all called to do together. You see, you are the hero of Jesus' teaching in this part of the Sermon on the Mount. You, he says, are the light of the world. Because you have businesses and teach in schools and are involved in community organizations that those of us on staff are not connected with. You are the light of the world because you have relationships. You have family and friends and co-workers and neighbors and acquaintances you have the ability to reach folks in the community that those of us who serve on staff would never be able to reach there's a a, a poll by a, a research organization called Church Growth Incorporated And what they were trying to study was how people come to faith in Jesus. 1% 1 of people, of Christians, report that they came to faith because of an evangelistic crusade. 3% report that they came to faith through church services and programs. How about pastors? What, do you, what impact do you think pastors have? Should be a big jump, right? Pastors, they should be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. What percentage do you guess? Eight, five, you're in the ballpark. Six percent. What is far and away the biggest influence on people for Christ? Family and friends. 78%. You are the light of the world. And so in order to provide a, a structured way, an opportunity for you to shine the light of Christ that is within you to people that you know, I, I want to invite you to describe for you a, a ministry opportunity that we are going to be uh, expanding. Many of you may be aware that uh, since July, we have been offering uh, Life Tree Cafe right here in this room, just following this service, from 10.15 to 11.15. Now, some of you may not know what Life Tree Cafe is about. It's, uh, it's, It's not a restaurant kind of cafe, it's more of a conversation kind of. Cafe. It's a, a place to have conversations about interesting topics in a warm, non judgmental atmosphere. And what we believe God is leading us to is just within the next few weeks to um, move, to add, not, not move, to add another Life Tree location. In the community, Tuesday evenings, seven o'clock to eight o'clock, in the Nightlife Center down on Stickney Point Road, we will begin offering a community branch of the Life Tree Cafe. And instead of me telling you about it, I wanted to invite a couple of the folks who have served as as hosts for Life Tree. Uh, during the time we've been here. And so Paul Martin and Cindy Hedgepeth, if you would come up. And uh, the, the hosts, are the, they're the ones who sort of lead the conversation. They, they facilitate what happens around the tables at Life Tree Cafe. And so I asked Cindy and Paul if they might share a, a little bit about what they have seen the impact of Life Tree has been and maybe can be. Would you talk a little bit about that? You go first? Sure. Okay.
3: Um, I've really enjoyed getting to be one of the hosts as well as participants of Life Tree and see the sharing, and get to know people here in our congregation at a, at a deeper level. Um, I think my most memorable, um, they were actually have all been quite memorable topic-wise, but uh, was when we did um, science versus religion, and then the byline was, can the two peacefully coexist? So when we were leading that, we were watching, because um, you watch DVDs and there's small group conversations and a lot of breakouts and large large group conversations. So things were rolling right along, and we had been watching this one um, fella. He's the curator of meteorites from the Vatican in Rome. He happens to be an American. His name is Brother Guy, but he is a doctor, so we couldn't figure out whether to call him Dr. Brother or Brother Doctor. But he's a research physicist. So here's this really huge brain person as a science guy, but a man of faith. So we were dialoguing about that, and oftentimes you'll see people really moved by the conversation and really engaged in it. Sometimes you see a little body language because people are of different opinions, and, and things were really going very smoothly. And one of the folks, actually he, he attends this service, um, put this hand up and made a comment and said, you know, this is really interesting, but all Christians here, we all sort of see this from the same perspective. And we can't say all sessions to people volunteer that but it happened to be at that time so so we you know we were saying well th- that is true because we're here in a church so a lot of us on that topic had a very similar opinion um, but then we talked about how well this is something you know when we leave here and we take it out to be able to dialogue with family or friends or people that we know who might have a different opinion on the topic but it was a it was a aha kind of confirming moment for us at Life Tree that yeah a lot of us are of the same brand here but um, but we 've got a great opportunity with the topics, maybe to reach other people
0: yeah, and so and so life tree is it's really its target. We started it here, but life tree is is, is designed it 's intended for people who don 't necessarily come from a, a, a christian perspective it 's designed to be a safe, hospitable place to have the kind of conversations that cindy is is talking about, so Paul, what about your? Experience.
2: Thanks, Bruce. I'd like to maybe share from a little bit more personal perspective
0: of how
2: a Life Tree episode touched my life. Um, it wasn't one that I led, although it could have been. Interesting, because you really get into the scripts as they're given. But, you know, as Cindy and Bruce have talked about, it's a way to bring people into relationship with Christ. But I think, as Bruce mentioned in the message, that there's also an opportunity here to bring people who are disconnected from God back into relationship with Christ. There are a lot of different reasons that people can get disconnected from God. and you know we saw some of that in the video earlier. Um, what I love about Lifetree is that I've seen it work in, in the people who have attended, and I've seen it work in my own life. That God uses it as a way to kind of sneak up on you when you weren't expecting it. You know, you're not quite sure what the punchline is, but you get to it and, boom, and it grabs you and pulls you in. A few weeks back, the topic was broken dreams. And many of us have been through that experience of having broken dreams. And especially when you get to the point of thinking that maybe God has brought that about or somebody in the church has hurt you and it's crushed you and you fall out of relationship with God. And um, it's easy to turn your back on God at that point. And I know I've been through experiences in my own life that hurt very deeply, and some of them were brought about by churches or people in the church. And it would have been really easy for me to walk away and say, okay, enough. You know, I don't need that anymore. God's been faithful. He's kind of dragged me back and hasn't let me get away with that. Um, but I know a lot of people have. And um, I went through a very deeply hurting experience a few years ago from a church and you know God brought us here and it's been a place of healing and I'm thankful for that Um, and I thought that I dealt with it and I wanted to close the door on it and be done with it and not have to deal with it anymore and then this episode of Life Tree popped up and I thought you know God I'd just as soon not have to deal with this anymore do I really have to go through this again and as I watched the video and participated in the discussions it was an opportunity for some of that emotion and some of that hurt to come back up again. And and I really was somewhat uncomfortable with that at first. And then I realized that through the discussion and especially through the continuing discussions afterwards, as people prayed with me and affirmed me, and I realized that God was at work, I was able to come to a whole deeper level of healing because God brought it back up again. So God snuck up on me and it was a good thing. The, um, The motto of Life Tree Cafe is that God is here ready to connect with us in a new and fresh way. And in my life and in th- many others, he does exactly that.
0: Thank you very much, Paul and Cindy. And... <clears throat> so so you, I mean, you can hear that you know, sometimes the reality is the church has hurt people. And so there are folks who aren't in any church because they feel like it's a dangerous place but the, the the beauty of life tree is as paul said the the motto which is spoken each week is you are welcome just as you are your thoughts are welcome your doubts are welcome we're all in this together and god is here ready to connect with you in a fresh way and so in in the last few months we've we've gotten to engage such topics as Toxic faith, when religion goes bad. Or broken trust, what do you do when someone who is close to you has hurt you deeply? Today, after this service, Megan will be leading, Will be hosting a discussion on secrets of contentment. And next month, one of the topics will be, is there only one way to God? All of these conversations facilitated, done in a warm and hospitable way uh, around tables and in that uh, that non-judgmental environment. And so I believe that this is a, a wonderful invitation for all of us to be a part of shining the light of Christ out into our community. And so I would like to invite you to think and pray about being involved. We've got a couple of our greeters, if I could ask you to hand out the uh, interest cards. If you would consider um, taking one of these cards and um, think about being involved on Tuesday evenings at at the Nightlife Center from 7 to 8. We're going to continue here on Sunday mornings. Come and check it out here. But but really that that Tuesday evening time would be uh, an opportunity, would be a venue. We're going to need a lot of people who will agree to come and agree to invite people they know to come with them. We're going to need a few people to serve on the friendship team and take care of hospitality issues. We're going to need a couple more people who will agree to host like Paul or Cindy or Megan are already doing. So when when you have the chance to fill that out, if you can just leave it in one of the watering cans in the back and then we'll be in in touch with you um, to to talk about next steps for our Life Tree Cafe in the community. Um, Beginning just in the next few weeks down on Stickney Point Road. Remember, you are the light of the world, Jesus said. And might Life Tree Cafe be a way that you can allow the light of Christ to shine out from within you. Jesus said, let your light shine. Let it shine. Amen. And so as we close this service, would you please stand and receive God's blessing? As you go from this place today, may the living Lord Jesus Christ go with you, May He go above you to watch over you, behind you, to encourage you, beside you, to befriend you, within you, to give you peace, and before you to show you the way now and forever. Amen.